You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 1960s Reboot Podcast. Ah! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 1990s Reverse Reboot Podcast, the only podcast that reviews the 1990s TV show and recasts it and reboots it using 1960s TV actors. A distressed, dyslexic dilemma of a radio show. I'm Jerry the Gnome, and on this April 1st, Wacky Wednesday, we have two guests with us, all the way from the Grolix Podcast, Randall Sylvie and Jesse Kiefer. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us on the 1990s Reverse Reboot Podcast. Hey, thanks, thanks hey. for thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Speaking of mouthfuls, what's going on? Uh, please forgive my co-host Matty D. He uh, he has a cold, uh, so I've uh, kind of taken over this episode and cover our favorite nineteen nineties TV show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> all right, all right, Matt. I'll remove that tape gag if you'll promise to continue the episode. <laughs> Okay, taking the tape off now. Rip. Son of a... That, that hurt! You and I will have to t- take a talk later. Mm, let's start the show. Awkward. <laughs> does he Does he yeah. often just appear and, and gag you? Because that's, that's distressing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. You know, you give the guy a key and he just kind of has free reign in your house. Hey, I, I, I don't normally just do this. We've been talking about this and... You're just taking your sweet time doing this show. So if if this happens often, would that make it a running gag? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> and now the puns have started. <laughs> I'm sorry it took so long, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as Jerry said, we're going to re- reboot the 1990s classic Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I really like that show because it's got my favorite girl in it, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I, okay, <laughs> making it making it weird, Jerry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I think Jerry's going to get me too. <laughs> oh man, you're canceled, Jerry. Well, now that we're back in the 1960s, let's reboot the vamp slain vixen as. Uh, Oh crap! I totally jumped something. Would this be? Sorry, a, would forget, this? Would this actually be like a preboot? Oh, <laughs> a preboot! Interesting. It's, I feel like uh, there's branding opportunities there, <laughs> right? The pre, the preboot reboot, the preboot. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. oh, excuse uh, me, I prebooted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the, the small facts we have for the show. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer is an American supernatural drama television series based on the 1992 film of the same name. It was created by Joss Whedon under the production tag Mutant Enemy Productions. Grr, arg. <laughs> the series premiered on March 10th, 1997 and on, uh, concluded on uh, May 20th, 2003. Uh, the series uh, followed a narrative of Buffy Summers, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. 
<laughs> you, you went sling blade there. <laughs> the, uh, the, the latest in a long line of women known as the vampire slayers or simply slayers. In the story, slayers or the chosen one are called to uh, battle against vampires, demons, and other forces of darkness. Buffley wants to live in a normal life, but as the series progresses, she learns to embrace her destiny. Like previous Slayers, Buffy is aided by a Watcher who guides teachers, teaches and trains her. Unlike her predecessors, Buffy surrounds herself with a circle of loyal friends who become known as the Scooby Gang. The success of Buffy, albeit not just Sarah Michelle Keller, led to hundreds of tie-in products, including movies, comics, video games, more movies. No, not more movies, more TV shows, spawns, you know, like spinoffs. Yeah, that's it. The series had received attention to fandom, parody and academia, and I don't know what I'm talking about now. I'm just kind of rambling. Anyway, it's a big, huge universe called the Weedinverse. All right. Yeah, I do want to touch on like it definitely had an influence on kind of the direction of dramatic TV, the way it would go. I'd say Buffy and Sopranos like kind of changed how modern serial television is handled definitely i i, I totally agree with that because it seems like prior to buffy and a few of the other shows that were in the 90s you're you had the serialized you know bottle episodes you know monster of the week kind of thing whereas with with joss whedon and his writing it was more of a a long progression you know you had mm-hmm. more uh more story that got, got involved yeah, I mean, it definitely started very kind of monster of the week, um, and it retained that for the most part throughout most of the series, but right from the beginning, they always had like the big bad of the season, and if you look at that last season, it's it's nothing but just, there's it's not mon- really monster of the week anymore, it's pretty much just building up to the big bad, building up to the climax. Well, and they even embrace that and start calling it the big bad pretty yeah. early on, not not like immediately, but pretty early on. Well, even yeah, definitely like season two and three, they definitely started calling the big bad. Even re- referring to themselves as the Scooby Gang is kind of a knowing meta nod, right? Since we're uh, we're looking into the show, what what brought? I'm going to ask you first, Randall. What what brought you to Buffy? How did you get into into Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh man, so. I watched the first few seasons as they aired, so 97, I guess. Um, I don't remember which episode I jumped on. It was pretty early, but I remember when I first saw the advertisements for the show, I was like, that's going to suck. That's not Buffy. I've seen Buffy. That's yeah. not Buffy. But <laughs> And it was on, boy, it wasn't, I mean, it would be the modern day equivalent to CW, but it was was it still the WB when it first launched here? I think it was. I think so. I think it was WB, and then it it continued even into the CW, and and so, then it got dropped from the CW. Uh, so it kind of had that was a strike for me against it, but I gave it a try, and it I was won over. <laughs> I was won over right away. I don't, you know, I became like a diehard uh, weekly viewer, and then even. <laughs> You know, I'd watch it and I'd go talk to my friends. Oh, what do you think is going to happen? And the the master and blah blah blah. The master is not a great villain, but the master and blah blah blah. And uh, <laughs> eventually, like I remember, you know, I'd try to tell 
my parents about it or my my dad especially he'd like give me a hard time oh buffy the vampire slayer huh and he's like that looks cheesy it won him over eventually the whole family would watch buffy every week in the living room I, yep family viewing so uh <laughs> that continued for a few years and then i actually dropped off around the time i graduated high school and uh stopped watching a whole lot of tv and then i came back and revisited it uh, a few years ago and blew through the whole series including like i can't believe where i dropped off and how the show changed after i had originally quit watching it it becomes a totally different show and it's it it's groundbreaking <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, Jesse? How did you get um, get into uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Okay, so the first part of Randy's story is also my story uh, because I saw the movie and I was like, I like that movie. That's great. It was great. And then there's what? They're going to make a show out of that? Why would they make a show out of that? Like it's done. It's over. They did it. They they. I, this seemed like a pretty simple concept, and they already nailed it. So. Moving on, uh, but <laughs> but I uh, you know I watched a little bit of the show, but unfortunately it was also at the time when I was like in college, so I wasn't like seeing it weekly, so I wasn't getting tied into like the overarching narrative that they had. I would just hear like little uh, tidbits of it. So actually, it wasn't until after after college. Um, I think I was teaching probably already. My sister-in-law was huge into Angel, and we would always be like, come on, Angel, he's the dumbest character anyway, right? <laughs> so, uh, but we would always we would always go over to their house, like right around this, the time that the show was on. And so we kind of got hooked into Angel, and then that actually brought us back to Buffy uh, because we were like, okay, we've got to start from the beginning and see all of this. Plus, it got a lot easier to do because you could, I think Netflix had um, the DVD service at that point. And so we would just get like the next disc, you know. So, um, yeah, we started binging right. it that way. And then it was like, oh, yeah, no, this there's um, a lot more to this. And it's interesting to me that that Angel is what brought us back to Buffy because, yeah, I, di I, didn't, I didn't love Angel. And, and then I get into the show and uh, I, I have to be an apologist for Angel now because I kind of <laughs> love that show. I got to say, the Angel, like as much as I was into Buffy, Angel was the was like, that was the dividing point. That was a, a line, line in far. the sand. Yeah. yeah. I was like, nope, I hate Angel. No. And uh, slight spoilers. I guess if I took more time, I could have found one. I don't have an angel recasting. I did not like Angel. I was like, that guy sucks. And I've his, got too many. And got too many of them. And uh, his, you can have one of mine. Okay, I'll take. I'll steal one. Take, erase what I said. Uh, but I was, and I was like, that is a spinoff of all my least favorite characters from this show. Uh, again, I know this is an Angel pre cat pre boot or whatever, but uh, Angel series. I've I've I finally watched it after this recent uh, Buffy viewing. Great, great show. Yeah, Angels dude. Now I want to preboot that show too. <laughs> Angels I don't have sucks, a cast but... for them though. You, you know, you guys, you, you bring up a good point that that Angel Angel was such a great series, and I think overall the entire you know Angel Buffy TV show was so great with people because of the the way that Joss Whedon had a team of writers, they all had the same um, backgrounds. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of meta in there, a lot of geek geekdom, and they, they were able to 
take a story with good writing and 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 tell it over eight years for Buffy, five years for Angel. So yeah, and it, it is funny because a lot of people that I know, um, they either started with Buffy right off the bat or they got introduced through Angel. And a lot of people that that got introduced from Angel is kind of like kind of like when you hear people talking about how Angel was more of like um, an adult show geared more towards the older audience, whereas at the time Buffy was more going towards you know the the, the teenagers and whereas Angel was like more for the 20 year olds because I mean they had drinking they had all kinds of stuff in that so right. yeah I, and you know from from my point of view I was I was a huge Buffy fan because like you guys I saw the the first movie um of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with uh Hillary Swank and Luke um Luke Perry and I only I only watched that because my sister was a huge 90210 fan so uh, I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> Wait, did you say Hit- but, uh, I got I got Hillary Swank? I got to I got to correct you. It was wasn't it Christina Applegate? No, it was Christy Swanson. That's who it was. Christy Swanson, yes. Uh, I just uh, aren't they all kind of the same? I just like I just <laughs> oh we're all canceled if we agree to that. <laughs> but they're not. They're not. They're not. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sorry, Fair Jerry. Enough, Jerry. About you there. So yeah, so it was like like you guys. I got introduced through it through the movie, and um, when I started watching the first couple episodes, I was in in high school, and then uh, I watched it for like a couple seasons. And I went into the college, and I totally lost track of where you know of the series. And then once I got out of college, I went back and started watching the DVDs, and then really got hooked into it. So um, yeah, it was it was really it was really innovative storytelling. It was really innovative in in, uh, in script writing, and so I mean they kept going with the series so that you could. Truly, f- oh, crap! I'm trying to. The words, the words fail me. <laughs> uh, something. I mean, this is something like in retrospect, since I didn't watch the later seasons till I was older. But I, I appreciated that they kind of knew who their audience was, and the show evolved with that audience. Because I mean, I think the characters in the show graduated like a year before I actually graduated high school, so I was right about the right age. And then the show, like it, they do the college stuff, and then it goes into the more <laughs> Buffy's got to get a job, dealing with life, much more adult situations, more dire consequences, stuff like that. So it kind of it aged with what it knew its core audience was. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it definitely showed the progression of of the characters. Yeah, and also I guess it aged with its characters, which is kind of a smart thing to do. By the end, they actually look like the age they're supposed to be, as opposed to at the beginning. It's the very classic, like, they're, those aren't teenagers, except for maybe Willow. Allison Hannigan still <laughs> appeared young, but... Right. Okay, so now that we've kind of talked a little about the show, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, some of the actors that we would pick. If this show premiered in the 1960s. Such an interest. I love this reverse reboot idea. It's so interesting. Yeah. So uh, I did too until I had to do it. It's my own fault. It's my own fault. So so just to give you give the uh, listeners a little idea, um, Jesse had suggested this as as an idea for show of taking the '90s and rebooting it with some of the '60s actors. So that's what we're going to do next. We're going to take the Buffy characters and um, throw some 1960s actors in their role, and then maybe. Depending on you guys, and I know Jerry, uh, what what you would do for a story. So let's uh, let's go ahead and take a look at our first cast. So um, who who'd like to go first for uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's Buffy? Why not just put a stake through her heart? She's not a vampire. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised how many things that'll kill. 
it's my it's my dumb idea. So <laughs> I should probably be the sacrificial lamb. Uh, so we're starting with Buffy. Yeah, we'll start with Buffy. Okay, so this is maybe the smartest character that I recasted. Um, so I went with Faye Dunaway. Uh, she was originally cast in Bonnie and Clyde, and uh, that's going to tie into another one of my cast choices later. But I, I feel like she looked the part. I think she would be believable as kind of a sunny dale cheerleader type uh but i also i also feel like how she portrayed you know a, a criminal in 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 a historical criminal duo uh helps to kind of further that idea that she could kick some bootay as it were nice is wasn't she in the great gatsby that may be as well okay <laughs> yeah fate only was really cool I, I need to have like an IMDB page for each of my picks here. <laughs> like I need to just have them pulled up, but unfortunately I do not. I do know that she was cast as Bonnie in Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Uh, she's, and she's, you, you'll see why I picked that too later, she's, but I, she's got that look, man. Yeah, she does. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, how about you, Randall? Who would, who would you pick for a uh, uh, Buffy? Okay. Buffy was, <sighs> Buffy was actually one of the tougher choices. And I, I ran into like, not being super familiar with, uh, I guess, the popular actors of the 60s, like the age thing. The age thing's always an issue, right? Yeah. Um, but I tried to shoot for an appropriate age, much like the 90s show. A lot of these actors and actresses are probably are in their 20s that are playing the teens. Yeah. And I will say I'll hold off who my Cordelia pick is, but my Cordelia pick might be a better pick for Buffy, but I'll go with who I've got listed. Uh, Tuesday Weld, and she's actually somebody I'm not very familiar with, but uh, she, she's got a very bleach blonde look thing going on, and she actually did more t- more movies than TV, but she was in a TV show, one of the first TV shows about teens called The Many Loves of Dobie Gills in 59, which is a little early. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember her from, from that show. And yeah, so that's that's my pick. Uh, just because she had it, and again, don't cancel me. It's all about her look. <laughs> um, obviously, very attractive, but specifically has a bleach blonde look, and I'm pretty sure it's not natural. Kind of think think Marilyn Monroe type blonde look, um, but also very still young looking and a mix of like sweet or innocent, but. Could probably, you know, kick, kick through a few doors as Buffy is one to do. So I'm going to go with Tuesday Weld. Yeah, that's that's the one thing is that you know the '60s they had a different, different demographic. Not demographic. They had a different style when it came to TV shows. I mean, there was definitely more misogyny in in the in the shows. Um, so when when you cast for them, you got to kind of think, okay, well, they're looking for a specific look, you know, not necessarily a depth of a character. Yeah. And so I'll definitely a lot of, a lot of 60s shows. It's like, well, I kind of picked this person because of their look and it's kind of what you have to do. So for anyone out there that like is disagrees with some of this stuff, we're just, look, we're just having fun kind of thing. And she's, um, I'm sorry. I just want to, she, I don't know her acting range, but she is, she was more known for her dramatic t- uh, movie roles. So I'm assuming she's got some chops. Yeah. 
Also, nice. also, real quick, uh, if you disagree with these casts, uh, you are more than welcome to submit your own cast to the show because I'm sure that Matt D and Jerry would both love to hear them. Totally, we would love to hear everyone else's opinion on the show. You can uh, you can email us in. We'll give you the email thing at the end of the show. But yeah, we like to hear feedback. Thank you, Jesse. Yep. As everybody knows, who's familiar with uh, the 1960s reboot, I am quite fond of Miss Sarah Michelle Geller, and I don't want to go off and any too many tangents because I don't want to have to sit here and edit this for four hours. So. Um, I picked somebody that uh, I really liked who is also blonde and she played a teenager in the sixties. Um, she was uh, a great actress who uh, kind of could cut her teeth on kicking butt as well as um, looking good. And uh, the only person I know who could wear a, who could use a double barrel lace slingshot, Donna Douglas from the Beverly Hillbillies, Ellie Mae clamping herself. Yep. That's my, uh, that's my Buffy. That's a that's a good one. I actually considered that one. All right, Jerry. Well, um, that's a really great pick for Donna Douglas as uh, Buffy. Um, I went I went with somebody that was also in a, a show that we casted before, and I went with uh, Marilyn Munster, uh, Beverly Owen, as my Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, come on, she lived with a vampire, a Frankenstein monster, um, a vampiress. Um, a uh, a female vampire. That's a lady Dracula, by the way. Okay, okay. Um, a technical term, a yeah. lady Dracula. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's pick. A good that's a good pick, though. Um, all right. Well, um, so that's our that's our picks for Buffy. So um, let's see. Next up, I have uh, as Giles, uh, originally played by Anthony Stewart Head. I'm aware that there's a great deal of demonic activity in Cleveland. So let's see. Uh, Jesse, you went first last time. So Randall, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you. Who would you pick to play a, a doddering British guy uh, who looks after a young blonde girl? Which kind of sounds bad when you say it like that. Ooh, I'm glad I changed my casting pick now that you put it that way. Uh, so <laughs> especially given who I cast as Buffy. Okay. Um, this was actually like the most fun because... Old British guys from the 60s, the, the, there's no shortage of those in uh, TV and movies. But right. uh, my original pick was going to be, even though he never did like normal roles or anything, was Alfred Hitchcock. But given his weird like oh. his weird uh, <laughs> attraction to bl- to blondes, leading blondes, like that's, that's probably a good thing. I changed it. I'm going to go with Patrick Troughton. The second doctor. Oh, because oh man, I was trying to find a place for him, and that's a great place for him. I all I was I was initially like, well, what about the first doctor? And I was like, ah, I don't know, he's not quite right. And plus, like logistically, his health wasn't great. Uh, in like, in my mind, I'm looking at 65, 66. Patrick Troughton, though, he could yeah. do it. He'd be fun. Oh, he yeah. could. He he's could. still around like- all the way up to the sixth doctor. All right, Jesse. Well, since uh, we went with a, a Mr. Uh, Patrick Troughton for um, Giles, who did you pick for uh, Giles? Okay, so are we are we going to do honorable mentions later? We can. I've got I've got some honorable mentions. I'm going to give up my angel to to Randy, but um, huh. I almost I could almost flip a coin. I I kind of want to say them both. I don't know. Okay, so here's the problem that I have. I don't know how old these people were at the time. 
my my first pick, my first pick for Giles is uh, John Cleese from Monty oh. Python. Oh. And I don't I don't know how old he was in the sixties though. I know he was relatively young. If he was too young, then he would not work for this part. But he generally looks a little older than he is. So he's he, that's why he's my first pick. He would have been in his twenties. Um, he would have been in his twenties. See that that's almost too young for this. So then yeah, I I would have to go Nicholas Courtney, so the brigadier. Oh, nice. <laughs> we should have just. Oh man, a, a is this new... going to be the? Is this going to be the Doctor Who nineteen uh, sixties reboot oh, recast? Only for me, only the vampires. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. We got more. Okay, sweet. <laughs> you, you know, it's it's kind of sad because I'm in the same mindset, but but I. I yeah, I got I got a couple um couple people. Well, yeah, I got a couple people in here from uh, from Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, basically, Giles, uh, the way that Anthony Stewart had uh, kind of portrayed him, and and the rest of my ca- cast is a little campy too. You're, you'll start to see a theme here, with the exception of Faye Dunaway. Like she's kind of the she's kind of the weird choice as far as my cast goes. John Cleese, he's got the chops to kind of be campy and all over the place, but also still bring that like almost fatherly appeal to it. At least he does in his later work. And that's, that's where I struggled with casting him as a, like as a young man. I don't know. I don't know if he could carry that. um, If he's only in his twenties, on the other hand, Nicholas Courtney, that's his whole bag as the brigadier is he's got kind of that uh, he's a military man five rounds rapid but at the same time he he was kind of fatherly when it came down to like the uh companions that would interact with the doctor you know he would he would kind of butt heads with the doctor but when it came to the people around him he he generally cared about his team so that's kind of why i went that route yeah spot on generally or brigadieredly yes (laughs) i salute you you know, I, I gotta say, I, I do. I, I like both your pecs, and I, honestly, I think John Cleese could could pull it off because a lot of British actors tend to look a little old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I and there was a, a comedian who said that the nice thing about men, the older they get, the more they look like um, Sean Connery. <laughs> so, right, yeah, I think I think with that mindset, I think I think you know, somebody in the '60s that was British, you know, could definitely pull it off i think you i think you could probably get that same thing out of john cleese but i definitely i like i do like your your brigadier that's kind of cool with that said i think i'm going to tell you what who i picked and um i I went with the campy route a little bit Mm -hmm. um i went with uh alan napier from batman alfred himself i almost did too that's a good one i almost did it as well yeah really good i mean he was an older actor he was british and he he had that that same kind of sound that made it made it more like um like a fatherly kind of figure and i mean heck he he helped raise batman so why not you know buffy (laughs) exactly oh man this is the universe where i could actually get my buffy batman crossover and doctor (laughs) who it's all happening (laughs) it's it's all happening now (laughs) i think that's kind of cool check this out all right so buffy the vampire slayer she fights vampires. Who better to help her out as a watcher than a vampire himself? 
Al Lewis. That's right. Grandpa Munster as Giles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, it would be a much different Giles, that's for sure. Definitely. Now, mind you, this has to go a little bit with my my kind of premise for uh, 1960s Buffy, but yeah, Al Lewis is definitely, you know, you'll see a theme as things come along as to what I got for, uh, for a uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All right, Jerry. Well, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where you're going with this. So, uh, after Giles, uh, I think we'll go ahead and jump into the, uh, our Scooby gang. I think we'll go ahead and, uh, we'll tackle a Xander played by Nicholas Brendan, who was the male, uh, male best friend to, uh, Buffy Summers, kind of one of the core of the Scooby gang. Men like sports. Men watch the action movie. They eat of the beef and enjoy to look at the bosoms. And um, I tell you what, I'll uh, I, since you guys got to go first last time, or you both, I'll go ahead and I'll uh, I'll turn it over to, to Jerry and let you know what he thought of uh, for a uh, a Xander. What do you say, Jerry? All right. So you ready for this? Like I said, I got a theme going on. So uh, my my Xander, he's kind of kind of campy, kind of funny. You know, he's totally in love with Buffy the first couple seasons, and he's kind of kind of trying to always make jokes and everything so i went with uh gilligan himself bob denver <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs> that could be fun totally i mean come on he's always trying to get uh get marianne and, and ginger so why can't he just try to get buffy and it kind of goes along with uh one of my ideas for for my uh gilligan's island reboot if you guys go back and like listen to episode three or four you know it totally it falls into place well, Jerry, that's uh, kind of neat. Um, <laughs> so I like your reaction to yeah. Jerry. That's just, everything, Jerry. That's that's very interesting, Jerry. <laughs> I'm I'm quite impressed. Um, so I tell you what, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, hand it over to uh, to you, Randall, if you want to go ahead and let us know what you thought of Xander. Okay, for Xander, this. There's kind of two ways I could go with it. Like, you know, Xander, he's 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 a teenage boy, he's, so he's kind of ha- has to have a little bit of that teenage boy awkwardness. But you could either go like total nerd or you could go embrace the sleaze. I'm going to go more towards the nerd. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have a sleaze pick, but I used him for someone else. Um, I'm going to embrace the nerd and I'm going to go Burt Ward. Robin, yes. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I had to steal somebody from there. Uh, yeah, Burt Ward. It's gonna be a very kind of a kind of a goofy Xander. Gee golly. Nice. <laughs> yep. Gee, <laughs> gee golly, Buffy. Well, hey, speaking of speaking of gee golly, um, Jesse, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you my gee golly. golly <laughs> sure, uh, sure, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I went with Wally Cleaver, Tony Dow. Oh my man, because gee golly. There's a uh, there's a little awkward, a little nerdy. Uh huh. Man, know? mine is gonna feel like from outer space compared to you guys. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> <laughs> Did you go from Lost in Space? Uh, no, no, actually not. <laughs> it oh, just, okay. It's gonna be complete left field. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So you guys went with more of the like lovable affable maybe clumsy uh character mm-hmm. and i thought about that and uh my my pick for that would have been uh jerry lewis but i decided to go a little more instead of slapstick like 
like Jerry Lewis would have been. He would have been way too much. Uh, I thought I'm going to go with uh, Xander's acerbic wit because he always had he always had some kind of snarky thing to say. And I feel like the guy to deliver a good snark line in the 60s was Jack Lemon. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. OK. OK. How old was Jack Lemon in the 60s? Oh, and man. that's the problem, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Age is such a weird number back then. I mean, could he do the Luke okay, Perry okay. thing? Be thirty playing a teenager? I, okay, w- well, okay. It depends. How old was he? So, <laughs> I guess the question should be: How old did he look? Because he was he was forty in nineteen fifty-five. Oh man, he's old. I didn't yeah. realize he was that old. Okay, so that doesn't work. Uh, I guess I got to go with Jerry Lewis then. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he was he was old enough. Or at least he was he was good at playing young. Although right, then again, right, right. you know, like it's kind of ridiculous to be such a stickler on our fantasy cast of what the Buffy <laughs> show in the sixties would be. But but yeah. yeah, yeah, play by the rules you said, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Faye yeah. Dunaway was already a little old, so yeah, you, you got to kind of target somewhere in there i mean you can't yeah 40 year old can't play a teenager uh, right I, i'm gonna throw a flag on that one fair enough i'll go i'll go with uh i'll go with jerry lewis then lady yeah 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 <laughs> oh buffy oh my <laughs> oh i've got oh, oh my god i, I kind of <laughs> hate it <laughs> i mean sometimes you kind of hate xander though too that's true so it works it works <laughs> All right. Well, since we uh, we covered Xander, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump on over to uh, the other Scooby Gang uh, initi- original initiate, and that would be Willow, as played by Allison Hannigan. There are forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces. And uh, I tell you what, Randall, I'll go ahead and uh, see. Crip, I lost track of who went first. Um, I'll do it. All right. Cool. I'll do it. Okay. Uh, Willow. Man, Allison Hannigan is great. I always liked Willow. Um, I'm gonna say, and and she's she's kind of perfect. I kind of wanted to cast this this person as Buffy, but she's got much more of a Willow quality to her. Sally Field, who was yes. doing TV show <laughs> at this exact time. Uh, <laughs> what? What's that? What's happening? I. I, I the flying nun <laughs> yeah she was at the flying nun she was also in a, a show called gidget which i didn't watch much yes she kind of i watched some clips while doing research and i was like she's pretty good but like really hamming it up um but yeah sally field very cute she was very cute in the 60s not to say she wasn't later she is but how about how about you jesse who'd you pick for uh willow Okay, so you're going to see a, a theme of me not understanding age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did I figure out? Uh, this one's closer. This one's better. Um, f- so f- I wanted a wacky redhead, and, uh, and, and my initial brain went to Lucille Ball, but she was still going to be too old. Uh, so instead, I went with someone that is already a little bit steeped in the mystic arts, if you will. So I went with Shirley MacLaine <laughs> and she, she would have been in her twenties. Nice. Maybe, maybe her late twenties, but still passable for a teenager in the, in the, in, you know, 
Like I said, yeah. Luke Perry was like in his twenties when he's playing a seventeen year old. No, yeah, I think that's good. She she <laughs> she, she does look. <laughs> she's got the quirk. She's got that quirk yeah. that you need for uh, Willow. She's actually yeah. probably a more appropriate Willow recasting. She's got the look, and she does have the quirk. And I'm not saying that she. I don't know what how to say this. <laughs> I think she could pull off a lesbian if she had to. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, it's the '60s, so it would be she prefers the company of other women. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, that comes to either me or me or you, Jerry. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and tell you my uh, my pod I right pick for uh, uh, Willow. I went with uh, a Doctor Who cast, um, a companion from the first Doctor, uh, the wonderful, the charismatic Marine O'Brien. She was uh, she was actually Susan's replacement from Doctor Who. She played Vicky in the uh, third or fourth season. I can't remember which because it's been a while since I've seen those episodes. But uh, yeah, when uh, when the Doctor's uh, granddaughter, you know, stayed behind and. They had to pick up a new companion. They uh, got this girl named Vicky. So I picked her because she's rather uh, rather smart, like uh, Willow was in uh, in uh, the nineteen or uh, the the TV show. And uh, you know she's got like this this look to her that kind of fits with uh, Willow. Yeah, Vicky, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, I I wish I wish I would have thought. I wish I man, you could easily cast like a British '60s uh, Buffy show out of doctor who actors and actresses man oh, oh just get what just get ready because oh, oh man, oh, <laughs> like, man. I, like i said pretty much all of my all of my vampires are going to be somebody <laughs> would you make giles american then <laughs> hmm. <laughs> or no he'd probably be like irish or something set it set it on uh over in Whitechapel, because then you could like totally get like the jack the ripper theme in there <laughs> there you go but I think I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you what. Uh, let me go ahead and tell you who I picked for my Willow, and then we'll uh, we'll get into some more campier stuff here in a minute. All right. So I I was trying to find a redhead from the '60s that would really fit, and I did, totally forgot about Shirley MacLaine. Um, I wanted to go with a, a Doctor Who cast, but um, Jerry kind of beat me to it. So I went with the other Marilyn Munster, who was you know familiar with vampires. Pat Priest, because hey, you know the 1960s. Apparently, we had a bunch of Marilyn Munsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. So I thought it'd be funny that you know, oh hey, here's Beverly Owen and here's Pat Priest. They're playing friends in a TV show. Let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> Two Slayers go in, one comes out. <laughs> Wait, you guys are on the same Scooby Gang. Stop it. <laughs> All right, so. Now that we have Willow, we're going to go ahead and expand our Scooby gang and go with uh, Buffy's love interest for so many seasons and um, probably Randall's favorite character. Uh (laughs) 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 We're going to go with Angel, as played by David Boreanaz or Aurora Boreanaz. David or David Boreanaz. Things used to be pretty simple. hundred years, just hanging out feeling guilty I really honed my brooding skills ah lighten up oh oh <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh hey 
All right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hand it over to Jerry for, uh, for David Boreanaz. All right. Well, I uh, did a lot of research, thought, you know, Angel's kind of a broody guy, and we're going to need somebody who can also be equally broody, um, as well as be able to kick butt and fight. And, uh, you know, I thought about maybe even changing his, uh, his background, maybe, you know, possibly make him another, like, country uh, demographic kind of thing. I was thinking about maybe going Japanese on it, but then I thought, no, no, he's, he's got to be kind of in this particular type. So I went with the Greenhorn himself, Van Williams. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Plus, I had to throw out there something to uh, Chesty since he was there on the, uh, the Green Hornet podcast um, you know yeah i mean he's got dark and i could see brooding for yeah sure. he's got the he's look got that down that's really all he had for the sh- for the green hornet too so there you go <laughs> yeah that's that's all angel needs he's, he's kind of he's kind of perfect for it yeah, yeah. just kind of go stand in this corner over here look scary and then yeah that's, Let that's bruce it. lee do everything else so. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh how about uh, how about you jesse who'd you pick for um angel Okay, so take everything that Jerry said that was very thoughtful and and uh, just twist it a bit. Uh, yeah, he's got to be able to kick butt, and this guy was uh, known to do a little karate. Um, he's got to be kind of smoldering, kind of smoldering. And so uh, get ready. Elvis Presley. Oh, my <laughs> God. Wow. Whoa, mama. Buffy baby. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he knows Kung Fu moves. Oh yeah. wow. And he ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> now, okay. That would you you out David Boreanaz, David Boreanaz. <laughs> you know what? It would work with the um one more time with feeling episode. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Perfect for that, yeah. He wasn't even in that episode, but he would be now. He'd have to be. <laughs> Rewrite. Rewrite. Who? Spike who? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randall, how about you? What did you pick for a uh, an angel? Uh, um, Paul Newman. <laughs> Paul Newman. Amazing how you did that. Yeah, I, that was my impression of, of Jesse. Um, Paul Newman. That was spot on, dude. <laughs> I, Paul Newman might be stretching the budget a little bit. Uh, uh, I think he was he was he was already pretty I think big he's in all, movies, but he's always looking for money, though. I mean, like he's selling different kinds of spaghetti sauce and ranch dressing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. No, yeah, Paul Newman. I mean. Angel, you just you need somebody who's and David Boreanaz doesn't he has brooding, but I don't he doesn't really have suave. So I think you definitely need somebody, especially in a '60s version, they'd lean more suave than brooding. So yeah, somebody like Paul Newman would be great. Either Paul Newman or uh, our very favorite CGI actor of all time, James (laughs) Dean. James Dean. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, James Dean's be the bad boy. Even that'd be better. Yeah, probably. And he'd probably fit the age. Uh, well, was he more seventies? I don't know. Nah, he might have. No, been. he was. He was. I think he was more fifties. Yeah. Oh, oh. Like, so he like would have been grown up 50s. a little bit. 
Yeah, late fifties, early sixties. Well, uh, I see he's one of those guys that they'd have to like rear projection whatever technology they have to him there because he died in 1955. But you know what? It's going to happen. There'll be a combination of cutouts <laughs> and repurposing of old film. There you go. <laughs> Every time they cut to a scene for for um for Angel, he's just in a car driving. <laughs> <laughs> or slouching they just needed to yeah. stand there in the shadows that's all angel does anyway so it's fine yeah. yeah all right so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna take the cake on this one and i uh i wanted to go with somebody who was actiony somebody who could be diverting someone who could deliver lines with feeling and gusto. oh boy and i had to go with the one man from the 1960s, who was Canadian, and I can draw us out as far as I can, because I went with William Shatner. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, I so resisted putting him in any of as Angel. <laughs> Angel. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Buffy, are you out of your Slayer mind? What? How are you slain? These vampires. My Chadner sounded a lot more walkin'y. <laughs> yeah. What are you what are you doing? <laughs> Buffy, you stop. Just grab the steak. Put it into the hot. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> You're gonna kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I kill vampires and Matty D's. I sorry, I got Pepsi, I got Pepsi to the nose. In an alternate universe, <laughs> in an alternate universe, I could totally see Walken as a Giles, but it's much more entertaining to think of Walken as the love interest for Buffy and disturbing. It's much more disturbing, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would have been. He would have been a young man, quite young, in the sixties. Yes, yes, he would have. <laughs> we slayed Matt. Wowie, wow. With that being said, he'd have been like 10, 10 or 11 at this point. I don't understand how time works. That's why most of my people are from Doctor Who. He he started acting in 52. It's still doable. All right. It's possible. Oh, I'm wrong. He'd have been 20. Oh, he would have been perfect. Okay. Is Randall changing it? Redoing my casting. Walk in. Walk in. He's the right age. He started acting in 52. How did I not know this? Oh my God. He was on. He did did TV acting in the 50s and 60s. It's walking. He guest starred on Hawaii 5 0. Oh, that's a Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Well, now that that we've. uh, We've. Solidified Randall's pick of Walken for Angel. <laughs> Who knew that Angel would be the most exciting pick here? <laughs> right? He's suddenly my favorite character. <laughs> I told you he was your favorite character. Uh, <laughs> so to uh to, to round out the Scooby Gang, we're gonna we're gonna do the final female cast for the good guys, uh the protagonists, and we're gonna go with uh Cordelia as played by Charisma Carpenter. Who gave you permission to exist? Do I horn in on your private discussion? No. Why? Because you're boring. So, Jerry, who, who'd you pick for uh, for uh, Cordelia? Oh, well, as you know, I, I got a theme going, and I decided to go with uh, 
that wonderful ginger, uh, Tina Louise from Gilligan's Island. I think she'd be a great Cordelia chase because, you know, Cordelia was always about, you know, status and, and you know, ginger. She, uh, she was an actress always dropping names and stuff because, you know, that's what she was all about. So what Tina Louise did for ginger, she just you can roll that right over into Cordelia. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting idea. Jerry, um, I, just out of curiosity, is your theme going to go along with Gilligan's Island? Nope, nope, nope. Just, just got an idea going. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, I, uh, I now want to. I now want to do a recasting of Doctor Who with Gilligan's Island characters. <laughs> 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 They're lost in time. They can never get back. Oh, <laughs> or vice versa. British. <laughs> More Gilligan. than a three-hour tour, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> or less than a three-hour tour. Wibbly wobbly. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, tell you what, Randall, how about you uh you go ahead and let us know who you picked for Cordelia. Okay. So this this actress almost got my buffy spot, and I she'd still probably be pretty good in that. But I went with uh Peggy Lipton, who was Julie Barnes in the mod squad, so she was acting in the sixties. She was also in Twin Peaks. She was Norma in Twin Peaks. <sighs> Uh, she passed away, I think, last year, unfortunately. But yeah, Peggy Lipton. The pictures of her I found from that era, she, I think, I know in the Mod Squad they were like hippie cops, basically. But uh, <laughs> the I think she could pull off the right attitude for Cordelia. Nice. I I was actually looking at Peggy Lipton the one time to be um, my cast for Willow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I totally get it. And I think she's got a daughter that's acting too. She's good. Um, I, I, I mean, I knew her from Twin Peaks. I was a big, wow, <laughs> dude. Oh, she's a Twin Peaks fan. She, uh, pre-casting Twin Peaks, Peggy Lipton is in that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, she's good. Nice. I know her from Twin Peaks, so I was surprised to come across her in like, oh, oh, she she was around before Twin Peaks. <laughs> 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 well, um. You know, speaking of of young, uh, oldish actors who are now were young blondes, um, I kind of went something similar, but I I went with instead of the Mod Squad, I went with uh, a Lost in Space character, and I went with Marta Kristen, who played um, uh, not Julie Robbins, the other one, the older sister, Judy, yeah, Judy Robinson. So, but yeah, because she's. She was a young girl back then, and you know she kind of looked like she could be a Cordelia Chase. I mean, honestly, I just I just cast her based on looks because she was a young woman who probably could play a Cord- like a Cordelia Chase. And now I'm just rambling, so I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to you, uh, Jesse. Who would you pick for uh, Cordelia Chase? All right. Well, uh, considering uh, this motley crew that I have concocted here, this one won't seem quite so bizarre after Elvis. But you're going to have to turn your 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 mind back through time. Turn back time to Cher. Cher is Charisma <laughs> Carpenter. Cher is Cordelia. Uh, it's a little off model. I, I, my thought is that she's basically just going to be like very, um, I don't know, just deliver that passive aggressive line with the just almost uh, Botoxed kind of <laughs> approach. <laughs> And uh, and here's here's the here's the tie back. Um, Faye Dunaway 
actually beat out Cher for the part in Bonnie and Clyde. So I thought maybe there would be a little bit of actual, uh, you know, like authentic Ooh, chemistry. Yeah. yeah, the hostility. Ooh. So, so you know, early, early season one and season two season. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if those two ever liked each other, but uh, yeah, that would tie into the Buffy slash Cordelia rivalry pretty easily. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Cool. Well, I, I kind of like, I, I like that share idea too. Share's kind of cool. And you know what? It's just, it was the sixties. So it was before Botox. So it's like the young share. So like right. the sunny, the sunny and share. Yeah, no, I think, I think share is a good pick for that actually. Yeah. Sunny Dale and share, if you will. Oh, oh it all it, full circle. All right. Well, now that we've got our, our Scooby gang, all our protagonists cast, let's go ahead and take a look at some of our vampires. So first up is the uh, the main uh, antagonist of the first season, uh, the master, as played by Mark Metcalf. Who wants to take on the first vampire? Uh, I'll jump in on okay. this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, okay. If anyone cast anything other than Roger Delgado, you're wrong. Oh my God. Oh, oh, you're right. You are right. You just destroyed all yeah. of our picks. Oh my God. But, but in case you were a fool and didn't choose Roger Delgado, you should have chosen John Pertwee. Because <laughs> if you can't have the master, then you've got to have the doctor. Oh nice. Gosh. Nice. How did. Well, I can I can actually top you, because uh, what? Doubtful. Yeah, yep. No, 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 no. Because it all has to do with with how I got a story going. And oh, uh, my I'll master, hear, I'll hear you out. You're, you're gonna like this. My master is none other than Don Knotts. <laughs> oh, actually, that's great. <laughs> well, now, Barney, Andy. Wow. Okay, I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I think you might like my my Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's gonna be I, uh, I do want to see it. I rather interesting sitcom. Well, um, yeah. This, so, <laughs> the Don Knotts, uh, got Roger Delgado. We got uh, John Pertwee. So uh, Randall, did you uh, did you come up with something interesting mm, for uh, no Mr. nothing fun? Wow, those were all crazy. <laughs> no, I picked somebody who looked like a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it you fool i know i picked chuck connors who i'm not super familiar with but he was the lead in the rifle man and he's got a wicked mean stare so uh, i was like okay <laughs> he, sure that guy he'll be a good master he, he'll be like a you know dial back the makeup dial back the makeup this is 60s anyway you don't want too much makeup it's gonna look bad and uh just make him kind of make him brooding like you know the Oh, the big bad. He maybe he's the one who should be brooding. Yeah, that's that's it. That's not good though. Like Delgado. Well, and I, <laughs> you you can't shave Delgado. Delgado has to be basically the master as the master. I mean, there's nobody. Nobody says the master yeah. has to look like a weird rat bat creature. He he should look like a normal person because he's you know yeah he's an old vampire. But come on, yeah. I, I mean, if you if you look at the the costume that the master had in Buffy versus the costume that Roger Delgado wore, like the first couple seasons that he was in, um, yep, it's like the same. Basically, black suit, you know. Yep, man, and you know, 
Jerry's got Don Knotts. You know, Randall's got Chuck Connors. Hands down, Jesse, you have you have the great with with that. But you know what? I decided to go with a, a good guy to play a bad guy. Ooh. And um, this might fall more into to Randall's whole, you know, a Buffy Batman kind of thing. I went with Adam West. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, <laughs> he would have fun with that. On, yeah, because I mean, he's he's used to playing a a, a, a a protagonist. So, and you know, actors are always big into like, you know, I want to play, uh, I want to play a bad guy. Actors always love playing bad guys. So, I think that he could really, you know, chew the set with uh, with sharp teeth in as as the master. That I mean, if you're going for like a super camp '60s camp mask, God, you almost can't beat that. Adam West would be great as a like camp villain. All right. Well, now that we have the master, the next two, three vampires. Um, next up, we have Darla, who was the master's right hand lady in uh, the first two seasons or the first season. Um, now, of course, she comes back in, in Angel, but that's a completely different show. But um, yeah, so Darla is the next one up, played by Julie Benz. I think I haven't gone first in a while, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you who I picked for Julie Benz. And I think it kind of works really well with with my master, only because they come from the same show. And I picked Eartha Kitt as Darla, only because she's already got that relationship with Adam West from Batman. 66. So I thought, hey, why not Eartha Kit? Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Interesting. Randall, who'd you pick for? I actually don't have a Darla. It was a, a little bit of like to cut myself short on time, but also like I forgot that I was like, well, Darla had a bigger role in Angel, but I forgot she was the master's like right hand man, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I don't have a casting for Darla, but all I know is they have to have good chemistry with a 20-year-old Christopher Walken. <laughs> because in the spin-off show that is the Christopher Walken Angel from the late 60s, she's oh, going to yeah. be prominent for a season or two. All right, this is this is probably going to be in bad taste. I may have to cut this, but what about Natalie Wood? Oh, sure. Yeah. How long when did she die? Oh, she didn't die till 81. Natalie Wood, that's my pick. Why not? She, she, she's great. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. All right. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> what are you guys moving doing? <laughs> I am. I am trying to look up. Um, okay, I'm, I'm looking up Jerry's pick here real quick because oh, okay, I don't have sorry. a picture of it. So, not a problem. All right. Well, um, since Mitty D looked it up and uh, got a picture for me, I forgot what she looked like. But uh, I picked uh, Eleanor Donahue, and uh, she was actually opposite of uh, Barney Fife in um, the Andy Griffith Show. She played uh, the love interest for Andy uh, Andy Taylor, and uh, she's definitely got uh, the look for a. Um, she's got like her younger self. She's got a lot of pictures, and she's got like big teeth. So I was kind of going with somebody who had a good smile, and because I she's a vampire. She yeah, exactly. You know, she's a. I don't want to sound bad about this, but she's kind of got, like, got a lot of teeth in her mouth. She's got a big mouth, so she's going to end up having to wear like special teeth for for the vampires in the 1960s version. So, you know, because we had to use practical effects, not CGI, because computers weren't real big. I'm rambling again. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Jesse. 
All right. Uh, okay. So <laughs> big teeth. Um, <laughs> Annika Wills. So that's Polly. Oh, <laughs> because I feel like, uh, I feel like Polly, I mean, Polly has the look of, of Darla, but also I feel like Polly, uh, was kind of shoehorned into a certain type of role. And I feel like Annika Wills, like, t- especially towards the end was kind of like bucking against it a little bit. Like, like, okay, I get it. I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the blonde character that's supposed to ask all the questions, but I feel like towards the end there, she got a little bit more acerbic and uh, I feel like she could have played, you know, how Darla kind of got a little more jaded. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also feel like she would have made Elvis Presley a vampire because he was pretty. So there you go. (laughs) Nice. There you go. I like that. Now I'm picturing, now I'm picturing an, (laughs) Polly want a cracker, cracker, cracker. (laughs) Oh, you want a cracker? <laughs> What'd you say? Now cracker, I'm picturing. Now, oh my god! Now I'm picturing uh, Angel spinoff with Elvis. There would be so much singing. <laughs> It'd be like clam bake meets um, uh, was it Blue Hawaii? <laughs> it's blue. It's Blue Hawaii meets Jailhouse Rock when he turns into Angelus. Oh, there you go. There you go. So much. And then you leather- got throw. You got you to throw a uh, a young um, Kurt Russell in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. To, uh, since we're on a weird little momentary tangent, I almost threw Goldie Hawn in here somewhere. I didn't. Oh, yeah. She she was oh, yeah. she was active she, a little bit more in the later 60s, but yeah. Yeah, because uh, wasn't she on that, 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 that show with laughing? Yep. Yeah. You know what? Goldie Hawn for Darla. There we go. That'll be my Darla. I <laughs> yeah, was through in there. I'd be all right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, after Darla, we have um, the other other male vampire in our show, and that was um, Spike, as played by James Marsters. And I don't want you crawling back here, knocking on my door, pleading for help. The second team, which is magic, goes all wonky, or little Xander cuts a new tooth. I'm going to go ahead and throw this to uh, to Jerry. So we can find out who his spike was. Well, now, somebody already said his name. Uh, I can't remember who. But, uh, you know, I wanted to go with a, a spike that uh, that knew how to kick butt and jump out there and probably have a little a couple one-liners like, holy rusted metal, Darla. So I went with Burt Ward. That's right. Robin himself playing Spike, which kind of like, you know, worth for the whole comedy thing of my sharp, pointy teeth. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, Burt Ward as Spike. I love that. That's ridiculous, but it's great. I mean, <laughs> Spike was kind of like this loner and kind of like this trying to be kind of cool and everything. And I think Burt Ward could probably pull it off in a campy kind of way or, you know, try to be campy about it. Yeah, Burt Ward. That's uh... <laughs> um, so Jesse. <laughs> How about if I uh, hand it off to you? Because I, 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 uh, I can't follow Burt Ward right now. <laughs> okay, so sticking with the theme. Okay, uh, so Spike was he was a little bit of punk rock. So I was having a hard time placing what would be punk rock in the '60s because punk rock. I don't I don't know when punk rock really took root, but I, I don't feel like it was the '60s. Um, 
So I went with kind of a bad boy in his own right, Fraser Hines, Jamie <laughs> McCrimmon. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Oh, I feel be, like he'd be such a, like he'd be the best possible, you know, acerbic, sarcastic uh, version, lady killer version of uh, of Spike that I could come up with. Wow, nice, yeah. Because Fraser Hines played, you know, he had he had that 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 mop top haircut. Mm-hmm. Because in the '60s, it wasn't punk rock; it was rock and roll, and the Beatles were real big and. You know, he had that mop top haircut. So, yeah, I could I could totally see that as being, you know, Jamie McCrimmon, Fraser Hines as, as Spike. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess now that now that you mentioned that, I guess the the 60s version of like punk rock would be more like a mod mod rocker type guy, maybe. Right. I'm going to jump in and say, <laughs> which actually dates what I was thinking. Like I was like. He'd be like a greaser. That's more 50s, but I'm going to go ahead and embrace it. Because Spike's version of punk rock, you know, leather coat, still strikes me as greaser. Pony boy, bleached his hair. He's hiding out. But (laughs) I'm I'm going to go with uh, uh, Ken Osmond, who played Eddie Haskell in Leave It to Beaver. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Leave It to Beaver had just ended in the early 60s. Uh, He's probably around 20 or so. And uh, yeah. So, and also, like, this ain't going to do the, this won't do the audio listeners any good. But just because of that picture, I was like, kind of. He's got, like, the narrow face, (laughs) the narrow pointy chin and nose. Like, he's, he's got the look. Sure. But he's also yeah. he's also Eddie Haskell, so that's just it's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> well, my my alternate kind of is in line with that because uh, my alternate was gonna be Dennis Hopper. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, nice. man, he could do it, and he's got that same like pointy look to him, especially at that time em- when he was young. Yeah, embrace the hippie. Well, you know, speaking of pointy looks and and mop top haircuts. Um, one thing I always noticed about Spike is he, his eyebrow was always kind of weird. Like he, he always had like one little eyebrow that seems to be like lift up by its own almost. And so with that thought, um, I was thinking about who I could cast to, 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 to play Spike. And, um, you know, I, I, I had to go with someone with a similar haircut to Jamie, you know, the whole mod thing. And I, I just had to go with Leonard Nimoy. As Spike. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. He played Galvatron. So he, he can do bad guy. <laughs> He can do bad guy. I mean, he was in Mission Impossible. He was he was freaking Spock. I mean, come on. I mean, the Spike has the same same three letters as Spock. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how they cast everybody? <laughs> Spock, Spike. What's the difference? It's gonna get real weird if they follow the same storylines that the TV '90s show did. <laughs> and honestly, it works well with my um, Angel because I picked William Shatner. So. <laughs> you know, Angel and Spike were put kind of friends at, there for a while, but then ultimately put them at odds for a lot of, at least a lot of Buffy. Yes. All right. So after Spike, we have Spike's love interest, the one who turned him into a vampire, and that was Drusilla, as played by Juliet Landau. So, um, tell you what, Randall, who'd you pick for a Drusilla? Carolyn Jones, Morticia Adams, just seem fitting. 
nice. I yeah. I, I I'm sorry. I didn't have much for that one. Just yep. This, it, yeah. <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, since we've been doing the age talk, how old is she? That might be. She's a little older than the spike <laughs> casting. That might be weird, but they're vampires. Age age is relative. Exactly. She does kind of look a little bit like Julia Landau. She kind of had that yeah. where her face was shaped. I think she could do like that strange haunted look pretty well. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, I got an interesting pick for you, and I think you guys will like this. So since we're big into British actresses and actors, um, I chose for my Drusilla, Wendy Padbury. Oh, she's yeah. my honorable mention right there. <laughs> And I realize she probably worked better in your cast since you've got um, uh, Fraser Hines, but Wendy, Wendy Padbury, she played um, uh, Zoe from uh, Doctor Who uh, yeah. back in the Patrick Trotten years, and uh, she looked pretty good in a um, in a cat suit. So hey, why not you know put Drusilla in one too? Yeah, it's so funny looking her up. There's so many pictures of her in like one onesie, cat suit, onesie <laughs> yeah. leotard looking thing. It's so funny. It, she was from the future, man. That's good. Good point. Good point. Exactly. <laughs> the '60s future was all about onesies or miniskirts. Yes. The, the, at some point in the future, clothes we abandoned and everyone wore one one single piece suit. If we if we combine these castings, we've got Patrick Troughton. We got we got them all. We got the second Doctor. We got Jamie. <laughs> yeah. We oh got man. Zoe. We got them all. Yeah. The Brig. Potentially, <laughs> depending on which uh, Giles you go with here, and Christopher Walken. Yep, <laughs> the best Tardis cr- Tardis crew member that never happened. <laughs> oh my God! Could you, you imagine, imagine now, <laughs> oh Christopher Walken as the Doctor? Why hasn't that happened? <laughs> oh, Doc Doctor, are we ever going to get back to Earth? Reverse the polarity. <laughs> what are What are we going to do? Who are these Daleks? And why are they so angry? They're super cranky. I now only want to hear Christopher Walken say the Daleks. Just that's before before I die or he dies. I want to hear it. I, I think Rail's got a new ringtone. <laughs> yes. Oh no, we're being chased by the ice warriors. <laughs> If, Why is it so cold here? If, if that McGann move TV movie had got picked up for an American series, it <laughs> it could have been. It could we had Eric could, Roberts oh, as the master. Man. Eventually, McGann uh, regenerates into Christopher Walken. That's that that's great. not the show we're pre. That been great. <laughs> I got to get back on point. <laughs> so let's see, um, Jesse, did you get your Drusilla in? Oh, I did, but I'm not the guy to get us back on point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, but I can do it. Uh, let's see. I got Trace Randall. Did you get you got yours right? Uh, Drusilla, yeah. Morticia yeah, Adams. Okay, that's right. That's right. So then, that oh, at least me. So my Drusilla, and I, I picked an actress that would have to wear a black wig for it, and that was Barbara Eden. Mm-hmm. Barbara Eden. Okay, it was a wink and, just a wink and a nod to, to Rand, Randall's um, 
Yeah, I was looking at her too. I couldn't I couldn't think of who to place her as, but I was looking at her too for this. Well, I always thought it was funny that, you know, she played her sister in I Dream of Jeannie and she just wore a black wig. So I'm like, just do the same thing. Just embrace that camp, put her in a black wig. We'll call her Drusilla. She can play opposite Leonard Nimoy. It works. In my head, it works. Uh, yeah. It works. It's one of you have one of those casts where certain people work better because of who's who else is in the cast. <laughs> right. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's that's everybody that we casted. Did I did oh, I Okay. No, I, I do still have to do my Drusilla. Okay, so Jerry stole uh Wendy Padbury, which was my honorable mention, but uh I'm gonna go with and th- this is where that's why I have two. Again, age. Um, Katie Manning was the one that I was going to po- uh, put for Drusilla because she um, she can play a really quirky kind of bonkers character. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like she could nail that weird childlike state that Drusilla's in for a while uh, and then flip it and become pretty menacing. So if she's old enough to do it, Katie Manning. That'd be nice. I'd be super. Yeah. I'd be very interested to see her do like a menacing type character. And maybe she has in other roles, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty interesting. That would be, that's, it sounds pretty cool. And she'd be, yeah, she'd be like 19, 20 uh, around the mid sixties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she's, she's off model because she's, you know, bleach blonde, but I thought, ah, I don't know the way that her. she care, you know, the way that she carries that whole, like almost childlike n- naivete. Perfect. I like that. It's nice. Cool. Well, um, let's see. That's, that's our cast for the reverse 1960s, 1990s reboot. Um, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll discuss a, storyline or an idea for a 1960s version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with our casts. Hey, this is Jerry. You, uh, you ever want to make your own podcast? Don't know where to start. Don't know how to get any anywhere on it. Totally lost in the dark. Like you want to make a podcast with this epic craziness with dragons and fireballs and Daenerys and oh wait that's game of thrones never mind so you want to have an epic crazy podcast check out podedit.com randall sylvia will help you out number one guy out there who can help you edit a podcast get you started good rates podedit.com check it out he gets jerry's seal of approval oh yeah here we go Peanuts, Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, microphone... Wait, microphones? Aw, man, this isn't Wrigley Field. This is somebody else's podcast. Again. (sighs) Hey, guys and gals. This is uh, Jesse from GrawlixPodcast.com. And, uh, well, my co-host and I, we we travel through space and time using this this Blinkatron here. The problem is that it, it doesn't always work. At least not the way it's supposed to. And uh, we sometimes we wind up in the wrong place, you know, like an awkward family reunion or a bar mitzvah or you know, well, somebody else's podcast. But, uh, you know, since I'm here, uh, let me tell you about our podcast. 
So when we aren't blinking all over the universe, uh, Randy, Melanie, and I, we review comic books, movies, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. And every month we review a comic, a comic collection, or a graphic novel that the listeners choose. Uh, they do that on our poll list, which you can find at our website, which is GrawlixPodcast.com. So if any of that sounds good to you, well, uh, why not head on over to our to our site? That's Grawlix, spelled G-R-A-W-L-I-X, podcast.com. And, uh, you know, check out our archives. See if there's something in there that sounds good to you. Now, where did I get lost? Huh, maybe I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. All right, and we're back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the 1960s, I'm sorry, 1990s reverse reboot on this wacky Wednesday of April the 1st. So we've uh, we've taken a look at the characters from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and we're actually going to roll right into uh, ideas for a show for the 1960s. So we're actually going to take this and go, all right, so we're going to wind up running into an ad executive at, say, NBC or ABC back in the 1960s, and we're going to pitch them the idea for um a buffy the vampire slayer as if it was in the 1960s so i'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there who would like to try to go first who would like to go first i'm gonna jump in first because i feel like i have the flimsiest grasp on what this would be (laughs) um so i struggled a little bit because looking at other shows in the 60s you could go with like sitcom style which i have a feeling like this premise would probably get pushed towards sitcom which I don't think would really do it justice, but I mean, when it wasn't until the seventies till we got a lot of shows like the sixty million dollar man, right? Or the six million dollar right. man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> downgrade. It's the seventies. They didn't have sixty million. You're, that's crazy talk. Um, but that's the kind of what I picture. Something a little bit more along the lines of that. Uh, however. It's the 60s. There's still remnants of like the beach bingo, <laughs> beach bingo party stuff. Beach bingo. <laughs> so, so there's going to be like, it's, it's going to be basically, it's going to be fun. There's going to be a little camp. There's going to be a lot of hanging out at the beach, uh, which is good with the setting. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, uh, what would a 60s Buffy be like? Uh, I have it's party beach party Buffy (laughs) beach bingo Buffy all the vampires come out in in the daytime and poof 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 and it's you know it's definitely gonna be monster of the week like all the time but the monsters are gonna be super lame it's gonna it's gonna be super lame it's gonna be super cheesy and it's not going to be called Buffy the Vampire Slayer because in the 60s, I don't see a show with Slayer in the title getting by. So it'd probably be Buffy the Vampire Hunter or just like Buffy and at the Vampire High School. I don't know. But I don't think Slayer would be in the title. <laughs> That's it. That's my. I, I really don't know what it would be, <laughs> except it'd be at the beach. All right. Well, um, I'm going to try, 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 uh, rescue you here. Um, so my thought was, uh, in the late sixties, early seventies, there's a TV show called dark shadows. And, um, my thought was the American, um, audience, 
wanted something that would rival Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows was more like British, you know, kind of TV show. Um, so with my cast, I was going with a more a, a more gothic kind of feel. So um, the only difference is that with the 1960s, they didn't have a lot of the CGI. So if you saw a, a vampire get staked, it was um, they would poof into dust in the in in the Buffy show. So I was going to go with more of a, um, a bad art film kind of thing where you'd, you'd see the vampire get staked and then it would like dissolve out with um, like the way they made the TARDIS disappear in, in the classic 60s Doctor Who, like a transparency kind of to it. Oh, I totally, yeah, of, I totally see it. Into dust. But um, yeah, so similar principle with the main theme of okay buffy goes to sunny california well my buffy because we want to compete with dark shadows is going to be going to um new york city um because new york city could probably be a sister to to london because if i remember right dark shadows was kind of set in like a london-y kind of area and again i, I feel i feel back it's been a while since seen dark shadows so i could be completely off on this all but i wanted to go from like that, that gothic hammer feel but set in the 60s so it'd be like a combination of the monsters meets hammer horror meets um uh gidget teenage romp kind of thing that is the best version of what a 60s buffy would be i think you nailed it because yeah. i i didn't even oh. think about dark shadows it's totally like a slightly campy gothic soap opera really Right. Now, of course, they would have a, a Monster of the Week, and of course, you have to embrace the 60s, and it, it would be guys in rubber suits everywhere. Like, a werewolf would look like the Wolfman from the 1940s. Um, the uh, the vampires, you really can't, could do the prosthetics real well, like they do, do in, the, in, the, in the original Buffy series. So basically, be people running around with, like, the 1960s um, plastic teeth that you'd get as a kid when you went um, trick-or-treating. You know, that would always like cut your gums and stuff. <laughs> hence, hence one of my actresses having, you know, um, oh, I know that was Jerry's actresses having big teeth. Hey, man, don't knock my Eleanor Donahue. So, yeah, that's that's my premise It's kind of a, a amalgamation of of those shows. <laughs> I have I have a I have a new master. It's gonna be Vincent, Vincent Price. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Oh, he would have been great. Master of the Vampires sold. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I I like that. No, I like that a lot. I like that way better than my because I I picture a very colorful. You mentioned what was the show you mentioned with Goldie Hawn? Um, oh, uh, Laughing. Laughing. That very like sixties colorful tie dye hippie thing set on a beach that's what i pictured for mine yours is way better <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna throw it to you jesse what do you what do you have for for a uh, buffy the vampire split here okay so again this is more of a show treatment than anything I, I assume that the first season is basically the first season except um a lot more a lot more bottle episodes um but like Okay, so you, you you dark shadows and and so this is gonna this is gonna be a little um, I don't know what the word is sanitized comparatively. Um, I'm thinking like 
Archie comics, high school drama type of thing. So, so very similar, very similar to what you were, what you were saying, but less soap opera E and more like, um, Buffy's constantly, uh, trying to outdo Cordelia and they have this whole like Betty Veronica <laughs> vibe and, and, and Xander's trying to get in there, but he's jughead. He's never going to get either one of them. And angel angel just saunters in here. Cause he's like your Archie archetype. And uh, yeah, I don't, aside from that, you know, and then you've got, then you've got, yeah, I mean, it's Elvis. So <laughs> you got that whole thing. Yeah, I picture kind of like effortless, effortless, effortlessly aloof uh, angel who's just like, yeah, saunters in, everybody swoons, and he's just like not even paying attention. <laughs> he just walks in like, whoa, mama. And they were like, you going to take me to the dance, angel? Also, angel and the other vampires, they probably go to high, that high school for some reason. We're going Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fraser Hines is basically a Reggie character, you know. <laughs> He's just constantly playing pranks, trying to make Archie look like a doof. I mean, Angel. Who who was your who was your Giles? Giles is uh, either John Cleese or the Brig. Oh man, yeah, okay. Stuffy librarian, like, so Buffy. Good. Did you do your homework this week? Oh, so good. <laughs> And Xander's just like, ay, 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 oh, oh, my. <laughs> Why can't I ever get a date? <laughs> that would, man, that's that would go right in my, uh, my, <laughs> I dream a genie bewitched block right there. <laughs> and Katie Manning would just say something totally out of left field and everybody would be like, what and then just carry on <laughs> drusilla you're so crazy no literally you're crazy <laughs> she'll have like apocalyptic visions and like real ominous everybody's like what <laughs> she sidetracks the show for a what does that even mean wink <laughs> It's like really disturbing stuff, and everybody's still treating it like, <laughs> like goofball sixties. Oh my! Pretty lady, let's go get a hamburger. I don't get paid till next week. The ah! Oh. <laughs> so we. we That's. We now have the Buffy, Doctor Who, Gilligan's Island, Archie universe. Yeah, to Riverdale and back right there. And then they just have uh, Once More with Feeling musical special and tie it all together. Willow will get her own spinoff where she's a teenage witch. There you go. Shirley MacLaine is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. All right, well, I got I got one last one for you guys. So, as you all know, I uh, I'm uh, big on Sarah Michelle Gellar, and and some of my cast were quite uh, had noticed on the other 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 episodes. 
So I decided to go with a, uh, for the 60s version, I'm going to totally take Gilligan's Island theme. And basically the Scooby gang is uh, on this ship and they're out in the ocean and they happen to like, you know, they're on a, <laughs> their graduation cruise. <laughs> crashing into this, uh, this island huh. and the island is full of vampires. And so basically the entire show is, uh, Buffy, as played by Donna Douglas, uh, running around with her uh, with her Scooby gang and getting help from her uh, guidance counselor, uh, Giles, who's played by Al Lewis. And uh, basically, <laughs> they got to go up against um, the master who is stuck on the island because he can't move. There's like this giant force field bubble that like has them trapped on this island. Um, oh, and that's was actually the, the force field. And Don Knotts is like in charge of it all. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's. He's constantly telling the other vampires what to go do when they, they really can't take him seriously because it's Don freaking nuts, man. Um, and then uh, it turns out that uh, Angel winds up on the island there, too, because he's like got a soul now. And so he's kind of helping out Buffy and them. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I kind of came up with. It's just them stuck on an island with a lot of vampires and maybe some, I don't know, a fog monster or you know, <laughs> gods or, you know, fog monster. Yes. If only they had a timer, a countdown. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only way you can write a plot, right? You got to have some type of. Countdown. I believe so. Some kind of countdown, and maybe a bunker that you should enter numbers into um, within the time frame. Yeah, and I feel like uh, Wendy Padbury could make anything out of coconuts if she weren't already crazy as Drusilla. <laughs> totally oh man so <laughs> alright well uh, is there anything else you guys want to discuss with uh, with Buffy or the 1960s versions of Buffy the Vampire Slayer I, I'm just not sure which version I want to watch more yours <laughs> or Jesse's they, those both sound pretty good <laughs> those both well, sound I, pretty good I kind of want to see the version that has Christopher Walken in it. So there's that. <laughs> the psychedelic, great. The psychedelic yeah, beach yeah. hippie version. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, come on. Yeah. First of all, I want to see Walken on a beach. Second of all, <laughs> Buffy. There will be dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There will be dancing. There will be dancing. That's well, Drew's- You guys even have Batusi character. I mean, like you have the Batman 66 cast, so... Woof. Totally. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I have nothing else to cover for this wonderful reverse 1960s uh, reboot or 90s reboot. Um, I want to thank you guys, Jesse and uh, Randall, for coming on. And um, I have to say, uh, it's this, is, this has been some, some fun stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> To uh, let my listeners know, where can they hear your cool stuff? Uh, uh, I'll I'll jump on. Hey, okay. um, yeah, yeah. First off, thanks, th- thanks, Matt. This was a lot of fun, and also both of you guys for coming up with the the reverse reboot idea. That was great. <laughs> um, I'm Randall. You can hear me on uh, the Grolix podcast, which I imagine Jesse will be mentioning as well. Grolixpodcast.com. G R A W. LIXpodcast.com. Also, I 
co-host the movie spinoff of Grawlix Podcast, Grawlix Cinematic Universe, which is similar but different. Uh, if you like the whole like recasting and rebooting f- fan s- fiction <laughs> element of this show, uh, you might want to check out. You might want to check out GCU. We basically take uh, two movies and then mash them together to make a cinematic universe. So not completely unlike what we did here today. Um, yeah, I'll throw it over to Jesse. Uh, yeah. So yeah, thank you again for having us on, and I apologize for this idea um but yeah you can find more of my shenanigans over at the grolix podcast which randy already mentioned uh i also do a sometimes show called the turning cartwheels podcast where I, i i get a little more serious it's probably the only show you'll ever hear me get serious on but if you're interested in that you should check me out at the electronic uh, Media Collective Podcast Network. So you can ironically find all of these shows at that same website. So Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network dot com. Electronic, right? The electro, uh, man. I wish I would have come up with a catchier name. Electronic Media Collective dot com. Or if you you could do a EMC Pod dot net. It's not real catchy, but it's easier to remember, maybe. It's it's got better brevity than whatever I just said, so yeah. Well, check those out. Well, thank you guys, um, and Jesse, thank you for coming up with this idea. Uh, You're welcome. I, I think Jesse had the least. He had the most. It was his idea, but he had the biggest challenge with it. Oh man, I recast this thing like three times, man. <laughs> Um, so yeah so this is the uh, 1960s originally this is the 1960s reboot podcast you can find us at uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts and Google Play Uh, you can follow us at Twitter at 60s Reboot you can also email the show at 60sreboot at gmail.com you can check out the show at the EMC pod.net slash 60s reboot you can check us out at the electronic media collective where jesse and randall already mentioned so um thank you for listening and enjoy your wonderful evening Man, that burns. I just lost my soul. I'm angelus now. <laughs> oogity, oogity, boogity. You scared? Watch me dance. Watch me dance. Oh, oh, I got hip moves like Elvis Presley. Oh, <laughs> karate. Oh, my God. Uh, I think I got the post credit scene. <laughs> well, you got the April Fool, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, well,